This week's episode of Greetings from Wonderland is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audibletrial.com slash storybrook. Over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Again, that link is audibletrial.com slash storybrook. You remember me, right? It's Alice. Yes, I remember. Look. Different. Everything does, doesn't it? Wonderland has grown stranger. I'm stranger. You're stranger. Together we are strangers. Well then, how do you do? Now that we're friends again, you wouldn't want to eat a friend now. Would you? Mmm, certainly not without Pepper. Greetings from Wonderland. I'm Bill Meeks. And I'm Anne-Marie DeSimone. And this is the first of our very special episodes about Once Upon a Time in Wonderland. Uh, usually, usually this is a show about Once Upon a Time proper, uh, and we started with Greetings from Storybrooke, so I feel really awkward right now. It sounds a little awkward. Yeah, it did. It felt unnatural almost. Yeah, we'll get used to it. It happens. But uh, one of the things we're going to be doing for our very special uh, episodes that we're calling Greetings from Wonderland, you might have come here via a special feed we have with the Wonderland episodes or through the regular feed, but we're going to have a guest on every week. And uh, as our first guest, we thought it would be a fun, I don't know, gimmick or uh, kind of experiment to have someone on who's never even seen uh, Once Upon a Time at all. <laughs> uh, so uh, we, we looked around and I, I, I tracked down uh, my uh, friend and compatriot online buddy, uh, Roberto Vegas. I like saying his name like that. How are you doing, sir? Doing good. Cannot complain. Cannot complain at all. Excellent. Excellent. Now, you're a podcaster yourself, right? Yes, I am a podcaster, Bill. Why, thank you. You should say that to me. Yeah, let's, let's go ahead and put that plug right up front so people can find <laughs> your stuff. For those who have no idea who I am, and I'm guessing that's a good majority of your audience. I, yeah, do I don't much. even know who you are, really. No, of course you don't, Bill. That's, we've only ha- <laughs> I've only had you on my show about upteen times now. I do a little podcast called My So-Called 8-Bit Life, sort of a conversational podcast in the lieu of Kevin Sismodcast or any of your other conversational podcasts. Uh, I've had Bill on many a times, and Bill essentially approached me saying, hey, do you want to watch uh, Once Upon a Time in Wonderland? I'm like, uh, yeah, sure, I guess. I, sounds like an interesting concept. <laughs> and that's how I came on here. Well, it, it was really cool. Yeah, I, I was really glad I found found a way to get you on the podcast because, you know, like so many people, because we run around in a bit of an online uh, community called Diamond Club or Chat Realm uh, yeah. that's associated with the NSFW show on the Twit Podcast Network. Uh, but because uh, this podcast is about Once Upon a Time, it's not really in the same wheelhouse. No, not, not even NSFW. in any remote same wheelhouse. It is it is a very, very different wheelhouse of different people and different kind of mm-hmm. e- even in terms of language, different kind of ways of interacting. But oh, yeah, I can imagine yeah. that, you're, you know, that, though, yes, you 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 know, stay in that wheelhouse. I'm assuming that some chat room members will come along here and kind of listen to as well, along with other people who are. Not as as your chat room will kind of come and say hi because they have listened to the podcast already. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, because of that, it's hard to get uh, you guys on or get you involved in the show at all. And I, I love, you know, hanging out with you online and stuff. So it was it was I, I was 
glad when I came up with the gimmick to get, get someone. Fun. <laughs> I'm okay. glad I figured out a way to 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 you know shoehorn you into this to, other to, podcast. to weasel you in here. <laughs> glad I figured out a way to put you in this show of mine because I've been wanting to have a complete and utter virgin to this whole show on this for the entire time. <laughs> well, it's nice to see a fresh perspective. Like I'm completely entertained because my entire Twitter feed has turned into Once Upon a Timeland. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, my we're, personal we're one, deep. even not even just the podcast one. So mm-hmm. what you're saying is you're glad to have an Alice-like figure going down the rabbit hole of Once Upon a Time yes. with us. That's a very yes. good segue. Uh, with that segue, very professional segue from Roberto <laughs> <laughs> uh, Marie, why don't you go ahead and read this week's rhyming episode summary? If you're coming here for the first time, every week we do a rhyming episode summary uh, for the episode. So why don't you go ahead and take it away, Amory? Usually here we recount the episodes in rhyme, which is easier to do when new stuff isn't happening all the time. I'll do better next week, I swear on my soul. Let's talk about this week's episode, Down the Rabbit Hole. Yeah, I kind of phoned that one in. You really did. <laughs> Just, you, re- no. you said nothing. <laughs> no, Absolutely I, nothing. Like I said in the rhyme, there was just so much new stuff being thrown at me. Usually there's like, okay, we could, we checked in with this character, this character, this plot line, and there's the rhyme. But with this, it was everything was new, so I didn't know <laughs> what to, you know – specifically point out but uh let's just uh real quick here at the top i, I always like to uh go ahead and uh, see see what the general feeling was just a general feeling uh amory what'd you think of the episode um i liked it i have many 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 questions <laughs> that i hope to be answered over the i think you said 13 episodes or so uh-huh but overall i liked it i like having a new um excuse me uh true love story mm-hmm. yeah yeah. Oh, and yeah, definitely. It definitely very much seems like it's going to be rooted in that whole true love thing, too, which is but really all fairy tales are rooted in the true love. Yeah. Thing. So, I mean, it completely makes sense it in makes the context sense. of the world. Right. Whether you like it or not. OK. Uh, now, Roberto, uh, we have uh, prepared a list of questions that we didn't tell you about. Uh, hey, that... wait, you didn't tell me what you thought of the episode. Oh, I didn't tell you what I thought of the episode. No, you sort of neglected that. Oh, Whew, I loved it. A little it. bit of time to prep. I, I, <laughs> no, I really loved it. I, I thought I thought it, I thought it was very well done. I really loved uh, a lot of the cast, a lot of the actors in it. And uh, I mean, I think it, it seemed kind of like a hodgepodge overall, just because I know they did. It seemed like they did a shortened pilot where they kind of might have broke off when they traveled to Wonderland with the White Rabbit. Like that mm-hmm. might have been the whole pilot, I think. And then they kind of like filmed extra scenes and wrote around it to do the whole full 40 minute episode. episode. So, you know, it felt a little hodgepodge that way, but I was expecting that. But it was the first episode. But I mean, I also went in completely cold. Like I had seen the little three minute preview, which was basically most of the stuff in the hospital from this episode back in the spring. So I, I went in pretty pretty much cold. And they, I don't know. I really enjoyed it. Maybe other people went in with uh, expectations or something, and maybe that affected it a little bit. But I liked it. But okay. Okay. Now you can go to your questions. Here, oh, here are no. the questions we wanted to ask you. We have uh, so we had you write down some questions for us too to kind of help fill you in. But we wanted to ask you these right. before it, while you're still as uh, virginal as possible when it comes to lunch. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, uh, so since my episode summary was so uh, subpar, can you give us a three to four sentence episode summary? Uh, Sure. Uh, So the story kicks off essentially with sort of the tail end of the Alice in Wonderland story. It's sort of basically what happens to Alice as she comes out. Almost kind of American McGee in its way of, of telling, no offense. 
Um, it then goes essentially into, well, if Alice were to start talking about what experience she had in Wonderland, she might be thought of as insane. And it, it, it goes in this weird direction. I guess it's as close as I can get to a quick summary without spoiling the rest of the episode. Mm-hmm. That that's fair. That's fair. Like I, I was actually uh, specifically looking to see if there was anything you got completely wrong because you didn't have a, have the context of Once Upon a Time. But no, you seem to have you know picked up the basic gist of it anyway. Well, there you go. Which is good. Um, okay, now what, what would you say was the best scene in the episode and the worst scene in the episode? I would say the best scene of the episode um, because I always like. Uh, whenever you go into a fantastical world, going to the most insane fantastical element, mm-hmm. I would say the Marshmallow Lake scene. If for nothing more than <laughs> the that Marshmallow the, Marsh, yeah. If we're only if we're only for the one thing, hearing a character reference the real world a bit. I'm, I'm always a fan of whenever characters who are thrown into fantastical situations, or even though they know about them, will reference things from my my time and my world. And hearing, I guess the the knave of, of hearts was it? I think it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm saying I'm gonna I'm gonna die like a s'more, and and Al's like, <laughs> well, what what's that? Well, it's this little biscuit sort of. Thing. It doesn't matter. We're gonna die. I mean, you know, it kind of briefly, you know, talking that kind of thing. In terms of the hated scene, I think it might have been a lot of the green screen kind of stuff, just because I, mm-hmm. I, I There was green screen in this episode? I had <laughs> no, no idea. And that was the part of one of the questions I asked, and I'll ask that when we get to it. There's, uh, and maybe it's because my brain had already been kind of warped by watching Gravity the day before. Mm-hmm. Like, the green screen, when it went to the green screen, was very, very apparent. And it was, it, it kind of was a little jarring at times. Like, I didn't feel mm-hmm. really there. But, you know, whenever they, they pulled in, like, real things, you know, it was like, okay, I can get behind this. Even with the CG, it was fine. Like, the rabbit – was I right in thinking the rabbit was the uh, the guy from Third Rock uh, from the Sun? What's yeah, that, that was John thing? Lithgow. Yeah, was- That's why I thought it was John Lithgow. See, originally thought- it was supposed to be uh, Paul Rubens, which I was really pumped about. Oh, but man, I guess he had a conflict awesome. or something. But they got John Lithgow, and he's pretty cool too. John so. Lithgow's good, but, man, that would be way more awesome here, Paul Rubens. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let me ask you, what did you think about the uh, introduction of the Knave of Hearts there at the beginning? Like, it, it, how, how did you read that scene? I wish we, I could have been explained a lot more of what it was, because it, that was the one thing I had a, a question was. And I, I guess I'll just I'll put it in anyways. Does time usually play a huge part in the whole series of things? Because <laughs> at one point it's it goes, OK, we're in Alice. So it's like the 19, you know, um, mm-hmm. sometime in like the, the early either the late 18th century or 19th century, you know, that kind of point in time when, yeah. when Alice was the story, you know, written by Lewis Carroll. And then it flashes to present day. Mm-hmm. And then somehow it flashes back to when Alice was like in the same time. I was like, "There's what time period am I in?" And and I, I though I enjoyed him being introduced in that in mm-hmm. present day because I enjoy that. Yeah. I got really discharged after that. Interesting. Interesting. Well, we do have uh, down in me and Anne Marie's points uh, here in the dock. We we do have uh, some sections because that's actually a bit of a, of a controversy in the whole once uh, community yeah. too. So really. Uh, yeah, well, so we'll be talking about that. But uh, last question before we get into your questions for us to clarify things for you before we actually, you know, dig in and talk about the episode. Would you, based on what you've seen, would you watch another episode of Once Upon a Time in Wonderland? Maybe. Maybe. I mean, it, it, it's an interesting concept, an interesting story. I'd like to see where it develops, but I do have certain issues with how the characters are. And and, and maybe maybe it's because the I... I as much as I enjoy fantasy, um, mm-hmm. whenever I'm introduced to those kind of fantasy, well, especially when you have the ideas of playing with time and putting in reality into the mix, yeah. I always like having a character that has no idea what they're getting into. Oh, and to kind sort of, of 
uh, be be the person to ask questions for the audience. Yeah, the, you know, and I forget. There's a, a literary term for that. I always forget what that term is for the the voice of the people. I forget what it, the the word is for that. On Doctor <laughs> Who, they call it the companion. Yeah, essentially the character <laughs> that's like, what the hell am I doing here, and, and what's going around my world here, especially when it's. You know, when you're thrown into Wonderland proper, it is Wonderland. Mm-hmm. And, and though, yes, I remember a lot of the stuff from the story. I remember a lot of the things, the yeah. Japanese things like that. I kind of w- wanted somebody there that felt a bit more that I could connect with because everyone, because even the the you know the Knave of Hearts, mm-hmm. even though yes, he's been in our time and experienced that world, he's never weirded out by anything because he's, it's just him almost revisiting, you know, going back home. And then when he comes in, he's just like, oh, it's it's I'm here again. Great. Well, you know, it's some very interesting perspectives with you knowing absolutely nothing. I, I'm uh-huh. going to promise you two things. Okay. By the time we're done with this episode, one, you're going to have a, have a few of those dark, dark spots filled in for you. Perfect. And two, we're going to change that maybe into a yes. I guarantee okay. it. All right. Okay, so you have some questions for us. Let's get things clarified for you, and then we'll dig into talking about the episode proper. All right, so my first question, and this is a silly one because, you know, that what is exactly the premise of Once Upon a Time series? Because <laughs> like, like, I'm getting into the series, and I'm like, is it just a, you know, is it a, a mashup of, of fairy tales, or is, it, is there something else to it? Well, so, uh, Anne-Marie, uh, would you like to feel this one, or should I? I can do it. I can do it. Go ahead. So once upon a time, basically the main story is Snow White and Prince Charming. Okay. And there was a gigantic curse placed on everyone, mostly, in fairy tale land, the enchanted forest, depending on what you call it. Where, where everyone got, uh, what? from any fairy uh, – I was just clarifying oh, that uh, – in the Enchanted Forest is where most of the European type fairy tale characters all lived. Okay, you know, yeah, pretty much basic. anyone you can think of, all the all the Disney princesses, right? So far, most of them. Um, but they were pulled out. Like part of the curse was all of these characters were pulled and thrown into uh, well, 1983 and <laughs> uh, in a 1983 small ca- Maine. 1983 right. Maine, their memories were completely wiped and replaced. And up until about a year and a half ago, they lived the same day every day. Yeah, kind of like a Groundhog Day scenario. Okay, that's, but that they sounds didn't know far more was... fascinating. <laughs> and uh, that the town you see at, at the beginning when you're introduced to uh, the Knave of Hearts, that's, 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 that's where they're trapped. That's Storybrooke, Maine. Uh, the title of the podcast, Greetings from Storybrooke. Right, right. I get the That's idea. where it comes from. But uh, basically, um, I, the, like, you saw Grumpy and Cinderella walking out of that restaurant before he walked in there. Oh, interesting. Yeah, but, we'll uh, discuss that in more more depth. Yeah, and I, uh, you know, I'll, I'll just give you the basic rundown. Uh, the first, the first season, Snow White and Prince Charming's daughter, who got sent to our world before the curse happened, shows up in Storybrooke, has to work to break the curse. Second season is she breaks the curse and they deal with the fallout. This season, uh, we're in Neverland. It, this season, they they have to go to Neverland to save the son of the daughter of Prince Charming and Snow White. <laughs> <laughs> okay, see that's that's that sounds far more interesting because that that sounds like there's even a character that almost goes into the weirdness. I'm hoping, but uh, maybe all not. of the characters yeah. are weird. Well, well yeah, actually, if 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 you went back and started watching the original uh, story 
or the original series, uh, the Emma would m- be that character basically for you because yes. uh, she gets brought in by her son who got adopted by the evil queen. It's complicated. That's okay. Uh, that, that's complications that make a good, make a good series. But, and so she, she comes to this town and they're all under the curse and she, she doesn't think that they're actually the fairy tale character. She just thinks, thinks her son is crazy. So she gets a job as the sheriff of the town to kind of keep an eye on things. Well, she was the deputy. Oh, she- I rewatched two episodes from that season, just trying to analyze this episode. So well, she, little- she, she was the deputy deputy. And then they had that sham of an election. And yeah, that's <laughs> as Regina said, but yeah, that's the basic premise. And uh, also Wonderland ties in because uh, the mother of the evil queen got banished to Wonderland and became the Queen of Hearts, which is different than the Red Queen in this episode. It's yes. complicated. It's That's so fine. Complicated. See, now this, this explains a lot already, like, my, la- my last question, which I'm just going to strike from the board because I do love the idea of how it combines the fairy tales and in, one, in Once Upon a Time Wonderland, it just sounds like that's the more thematic theme is just putting as many fairy tales as you can together in, yeah. mo- in, in almost modern times. Well, because they all live in the same world. The right, Enchanted exactly. Forest is all of their worlds. Right. Okay. That so, yeah, like Cinderella yeah. and Snow White and uh, Little Red Riding Hood are all friends. And, and the thing is, you know, in, in Storybrooke, they they know about uh, the Disney version of Peter Pan. They know, like, uh, the movie Mulan was name checked in an episode this season. So it, it's like, <laughs> it was you hilarious. Know, the real world they live in is basically our world. Uh, it, and it's just you know game of telephone. A lot of the a lot of the old fairy tales they didn't happen quite like you thought. And sometimes you know one character was actually two different characters. Like someone might have been Rumpelstiltskin and the Beast and the Crocodile from the Peter Pan legend. And, you know. Oh, interesting. Okay, so uh, we're still waiting to see who else he is. <laughs> I'll have to, I'm have still to betting on Ursula. I may have to look into this now. But yeah, um, that, that's the basic premise of Once Upon a Time. Okay, well, it also sounds like you were mentioning that it was set in 1980, like forbidden 1983. It sounds like then time does play somewhat of a part in it. Does it seem to bounce between times, or is it just consistently, at least in series, in, you know, There's a modern lot of flashbacks. Okay. Yeah, they're, yeah they're, they, they very much rely on nonlinear storytelling. Basically what they do is they, they, they usually open in modern day, they set up a scenario, then they do a flashback to the old land. Set it up. To you know, tell the the version of the fairy tale that happened, and it kind of ties in thematically with what's going on in the modern day. Like one character might find redemption in the flashback, and then fall back into e- their evil ways in the modern day, kind of thing to contrast. Okay, so uh, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that way, and there has been one instance uh, of confirmed uh, kind of time travel through the Mad Hatter's hat, actually. So it yes. could it could definitely tie oh, in. Oh, okay, well, G- Jesus, maybe. Well, wow, there just seems to be everything going on. And okay, well, that that's that. I'm kind of a bit flabbergasted because I'm already going in my head of like, I didn't even realize that would happen. This kind of series. Oh, it's deep, man. It, uh, it is so deep. It, so it, many it, levels. It, like it's many comic levels. book deep. It's well, com- yeah, because like the thing was when I was watching. This is kind of in my next question. Uh, almost, it was while I was watching this the Wonderland episode. I almost got a lot of American McGee vibes. Did you ever play the American McGee's Alice game, Bill? I, I've I've heard of it. I know it's very well respected and very well loved. I've never actually played it. Well, I, I, even my sister used to play it. But. Well, because like it's one of those things. Like when I was watching the beginning of of uh, Once Upon a Time Wonderland, as we're kind of going into Alice in the Asylum, there was all, all you know, not as dark as that game for for sure. 
but it got it was really pretty dark at the beginning. Do they tend to have kind of this sort of dark edge to it every so often, or is it you know more yeah. lighthearted than that? Yeah, they definitely they, yeah they definitely t- try and uh, make things a little darker or even just a little more mature. Like for example, uh, Cin- Cinderella, who you see in the beginning of this mm-hmm. episode walking out with Grumpy, her, her initial episode, she's an unwed single mother. <laughs> like uh, or like she's pregnant. She's, she's pregnant. About, about to have an illegitimate baby. You know, so they they try to find ways to kind of subvert what you would think would happen with these fairy tales and and kind of put a new spin on it or make it a little bit darker. And you're you're definitely right in the hospital stuff, especially. That was it awesome. was very dark and kind of like just the the emotional truth of that scene with her and the doctors. And they're sitting her saying, no, what you, what you think happened didn't happen. And she has to you, – you can tell she's kind of just given in and convinced herself that this thing that she knows is absolutely real wasn't just because she wants to get back to something of a normal life after losing the genie she loved. Yeah, pretty much and almost getting a lobotomy in the uh... – yeah, yeah it, was, yeah, it was a very close call. <laughs> with it was very almost. That's why I got that kind of thing. Now it, it, that also kind of uh, gave me gave me a bit of a kind of a return to Oz vibe. If you've ever seen that movie from the eighties, oh, yeah, I remember Cause, that one. Because yeah. they they take Dorothy to an asylum and they try and give her like electrolysis, like put electrodes. That's on what her I thought brain. they were going to have given her was electroshock therapy at mm-hmm. that point. But you know, the minute you know she signed her thing then it cuts to the scene of of, of the drill I'm like oh no they give her a lobotomy this is even crazier yeah, all, the, all those old victorian like surgical instruments why, again why i got so kind of confused in time because i'm like mm. wait i thought they said it was present day but now we're definitely in victorian times and <laughs> everything else now i like i said i'm scratching my last question because we we already established that combining tales is a common theme but this is the one I, that i was kind of leading to mm. Do they up the production value at any time, or, or, or is it that? And, and again, it's not to say anything poor about television or anything like yeah. that. Like it, it should get up since, mm-hmm. like we said, this was the pilot. Okay. Yeah, so like, it wasn't working with the full budget. Yeah, Although I jarring green screen effects. I, 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 I will say episodes of once that were this bad. Yeah, I was okay. going to say there is like the CGI right. is kind of hit and miss on the main series. And I know this doesn't have any more of a budget than the main series does, so so there's probably going to be a, a bit of unevenness. But it, it it's kind of a situation where you kind of just ha- if you put it aside and concentrate on the story, it's worth it. You okay, because I, I mean I was because I mean the bunny the 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 white rabbit was pretty good. I thought everything I thought the you know the carpet effect was really good. Yeah, I'm I'm assuming most of the budget went to that darn rabbit. <laughs> yeah, that's about it. Because like there was just times where they're walking and I'm like, mm. oh man, this is. Like you can right. see some a little bit of the green halo around them if you if you looked pretty closely. It might it might yeah. have been just me my compression for the, the file I had to watch it, but mm-hmm. that was it. But that's pretty much all the questions I had because a lot of it was for the most part in terms of the series was straightforward in terms of here we got Alice throwing her back into Wonderland after many many years of not being there and just and to to go and searching for I guess her her genie love Cyrus suit. Was I mistaken? Was that was that um what's his face from um. Uh, Bra- was that Braff? Was that Zach Braff that played the genie, or was I mistaking the guy wrong? No, uh, no that oh, okay. wasn't Zach Braff. Okay, he looked like Zach Braff. He looked like very <laughs> uh, the much guy. Like- the guy who played uh, Jafar, he played uh, what Saeed on uh, Lost. That's where I've seen him. That guy from. I, actually, if you don't know, Once Upon a Time is run by a couple of the main writers from Lost. So oh, okay. th- there's a lot of people there's from a lot Lost of who are yeah, okay. a lot of actors and crew members, writers. Uh, that 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 him I recognize. I guess I thought he looked the guy looked like Zach Braff, but I'm, <laughs> I might have been. 
mistaken. That's totally fine. I don't even play Cyrus then. Okay. okay, excellent. Well, I guess we should go ahead and get into our main discussion points for people who actually watch the shows, <laughs> Roberto. <laughs> or not me. And, and completely, who know That's all the okay. Things. We may have had some other new people who needed some explanations. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm definitely glad that, you know, if nothing else, you know, jumping in without having seen anything before, you could at least make sense of it. You know, that's, right. that's the important bit. Okay, so uh, let's see. My first point here is, it, I, okay, there's, it seems there's a bit, bit of controversy whether that first scene uh, in Storybrooke, whether that happens during the pilot or after the curse is broken. But when, I vote after the curse. I vote before the curse because when they're walking out of the diner, uh, they call each other their curse names, Lester and oh, whatever Cinderella's curse name was. No, it was Leroy. Or Leroy. Lester. Yeah, Leroy. But they called them those names after the curse breaks too. But I no, I haven't heard anyone call yes. called call yes. Grumpy Leroy. I'm going to ask our fans to please write in and correct him. Yes, as always. We will take I, time codes. As always, please correct me if I'm wrong. But I'm pretty sure it, I, I, I'm assuming it's actually it was actually during the pilot because there was a, a part of the pilot where Emma like almost actually, hit someone with her like, yellow bug, and we see a yellow bug almost hit the knave of hearts in this episode. Yeah, so, but Ashley would have been like at least six months pregnant. Maybe they forgot. And she wasn't a waitress I mean, it, at the time. She was a maid. You know, the way these things work, they had like a second or a third unit crew sweep into that town. And what what is it, Van- Vancouver, where they shoot? And they they might not have re- thought to put the belly on her because the last time she was on, she didn't have the belly. Maybe the continuity person just got their timelines mixed up. I'm just saying they called each other their curse names. Okay, let's move. But okay, my main point with that is it seems if, if it was before the curse, it seems like the characters from Wonderland keep all their memories through the curse. So I'm wondering right. what might have caught because Jefferson, uh, that was his big hook as a character. That's the Jefferson, Mad Hatter. Yeah. Jefferson yeah. was the Mad Hatter was that he had been living in this town since 1983 and, uh, he had known that they were living the same day over and over again. And it kind of drove him crazy. <laughs> uh, so I'm wondering what makes the people from Wonderland or people who have lived in Wonderland for any amount of time special when it comes to the curse. Well, it has to be people who came directly from Wonderland because mm-hmm. Grace lost memories. See, I, I'm just wondering. I'm also wondering maybe if the, the people from Wonderland who were in Storybrooke came yeah. at a different time. I just don't know how that would have happened. Well, I mean, something could have happened in <laughs> Wonderland. I, I mean, they, there could have been some event maybe in Wonderland. Maybe it was when the Red that, Queen and the Queen of Hearts switched. It could, well, I, did we ever – we saw Cora leave or leave her position as the Queen of Hearts in Wonderland, I think. Yes, mm-hmm. because Hook was sent to kill her. Yeah, yeah. And, and then, they, and then they teamed up. They teamed up. But, uh, but we never saw when Cora took over. Mm. This is true. This is true. And and you know timelines. It's yeah, all timelines. I was gonna say. Uh, let's go ahead and transition into yeah, timelines. How do you guys keep this straight in your heads? Oh, <laughs> I told you, man. It's comic book deep. I, I it sounds it. <laughs> okay, so uh, something else that's been a bit. Actually, this is your point, Amory. I'll let you go ahead and take it. Does time move differently mm-hmm. in Wonderland and Neverland? Since we're going there, than in the real world. 
of any sort because since when she came back from the very beginning out of the rabbit hole, she seemed to think she wasn't gone very long. Yeah, she seemed like she was gone like a day or something. Right, and her dad, I don't know, she must have been gone at least like a couple months. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because uh, they thought they, they thought she it was seemed dead. like it seemed like they kind of moved on. <laughs> you yes, know? yeah, they were over the grieving. And there like, she was like it, was, it wasn't even like a sad dad that opened the door. It was just like, oh, hey, hello. Oh, wait a second. There's my daughter who I thought was dead. What? Right. Right. But I, then it, she kept going back trying to get proof. Mm-hmm. I want to know what proof well, did, did an eight-year-old she, girl was trying to get. Did she keep going back or did she resolve at that point when she was a kid to go back and then sometime she when she was older? Back. Did she no, keep she going, going back? Yes, because in the asylum, they said your numerous disappearances. Ah, okay. Okay, I missed that line. Okay, okay, that that's cool then. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, actually, uh, something, uh, and we talked about it just briefly before, and it kind of fits in with this too, is how do the rabbit holes work? Is it time travel or is it just world hopping? It has to be time travel. Be, be, well, it, it all, I guess it all depends on where Alice is really from. Is Alice from our London, England, or is she from an, an alternate universe London, England that lines up, you know, timeline wise where it's the Victorian era there, but it's modern day here and it's wherever Wonderland is in Wonderland? Because we have in the over in the main series, uh, the Once Upon a Time series, we have theorized before that they're the Darling family. Uh, that you know meets up with the shadow, weird shadow, creepy Peter Pan. They that they live in an alternate uh, universe, London, England. Uh, it, so I don't know it, because portals can jump time. They can jump time, but uh, because the, of the apple. The thing is, we've never seen we've never seen a whole person uh, jump time before. We've seen Regina's hand go in and grab something because she knew exactly where it was and what she wanted. We haven't right. seen people necessarily time travel before. So I guess it really just depends on whether the uh, the uh, the where Alice is from is an alternate universe or the past of our world uh, is, is to whether the rabbit the rabbit holes do world hopping or time travel. Although I think this is the first time we've seen something that can travel between worlds besides a magic bean. Right. And the hat and the hat and the looking glass. Could the look uh, not the looking glass? It wasn't the looking glass, looking glass like. Yes, sit- it was. Was it? Yes, she was pushed through the looking glass. No, but I didn't. That wasn't like the magic mirror looking glass. Yeah. Was it? Okay. Yeah. They would pushed her that- through when she went to Wonderland, <laughs> and she couldn't get out. Would that mean that? Uh, and I'm only taking as a guy that's never watched the series, so maybe this gives me a bit of, a different bit of clarity or maybe non-clarity. Does that mean that all Wonderland objects affect time, even maybe possibly? Because it sounds like if the Looking Glass affected a world portal and a Mad Hatter thing affected a world portal, would that then lead one to think that the rabbit hole developed by a rabbit from Wonderland mm. has the same, I guess, is imbued with the same kind of properties, maybe? Well, it, it de- definitely does seem like there's something crazy yeah. going on with people being associated with Wonderland having the ability to either world hop or time hop or whatever. Right. But wait, where was it? Where was it? Sorry, looking to the there's, there's Nothing's no. impossible in Wonderland. Anne Marie has like that. Uh, what was that Jim Carrey movie a few years back? Like number thirty-three notes of like yeah, timeline. Because uh, <laughs> I like to write down quotes. <laughs> I mean, because like the way, and, and again, I, I know I'm, I'm letting you guys, you know, do, do your thing. Because you know, you you've got this this crazy timeline and everything else pretty much worry, charted. No, we brought but, you on for the outsider's perspective. Well, because it seems like like I, I, I 
I honestly had no idea this, this would be that deep. Like <laughs> watching the series, because watching the, the first episode of Once Upon a Time Wonderland, you, you kind of get a very shallow kind of approach to it. You know, you, you just get thrown into essentially Wonderland. You're kind of going this mystical thing. And I was kind of, I was sort of not bored, but I wasn't like wowed like everyone. I was like, what the hell is this Wonderland? Why, why is everyone speaking so highly about the series? Mm-hmm. But hearing from the main series proper on how weirdly in depth it gets i kind of understand now why everyone was super excited for this and why why this is what it is and maybe if i had watched the you know the previous series maybe this whole i would have a lot of these questions but i guess since i didn't i never had all these sort of questions come in to me yeah that's the thing is is you know i i definitely still think that the main series is more appealing to me personally but this is a really cool side john like uh to put it in video game terms for you if this was skyrim this is a really cool side mission like that one night out mission yeah uh, where you know going and you know reunifying the kingdom and beating the dragons and all that stuff that that's the main series right (laughs) and this is just a bit actually uh me and amory were talking about it a little early earlier tonight uh we're kind of reading this is that one of the characters they introduced here maybe alice maybe the knave of hearts maybe some Someone else is going to come into the series proper once this is all over and make a big impact is what I'm guessing. It'll be Jafar. Probably because uh, he, he was one of the lost people. So <laughs> they'll, they'll want to keep him around. But uh, OK, uh, next up uh, to talk about is uh, the Cheshire cat or Cheshire cat was great. I thought I did just like a, they did a really good job on kind of like a, a not not even necessarily rhyming, but kind of the verse of his speech and stuff. I thought it was really cool. And it was very creepy too. Can I tell you? Can I say Can I okay. say that I love Keith David? Uh, <laughs> Keith David may be one of my favorite voice actors of all time. Mm. I adore Keith David a, as a voice actor. Um, he, I've, I've, he's. It, it's funny when I think of Keith David. I think he was the voice of of um, uh, Goliath and Gargoyles way, way back in the '90s, and he's done a oh, whole yeah. sl- slew of other voices. I was like when I saw in the credits, like at like the early credits, Keith David was on. Like I was just waiting, waiting to hear his voice, <laughs> just waiting to see when Keith David coming. And him as a Chester Cat was probably the creepiest thing on the planet and the most awesome thing on the planet. Oh yeah, I used to love him on on Gargoyles too. He was also uh, he did Mongol on uh, I think JLU. It was yeah. either JLU or Young Justice. I uh, great great uh, voice actor for sure. What did you think about the interpretation to where he was almost? I don't know, predatory or something, you know? It was weird as heck, but I couldn't have seen it. Uh, you know, with, with the, the fact that he, that there was a line that he said that Wonderland has gotten stranger since you've left. That mm-hmm. really kind of stuck in my mind of like, oh, this is why he's predatory. He's just, you know, if, if the Cheshire Cat was already, you know, slightly unhinged, this is him to like that, but times 11 <laughs> and, and just, you know, completely and utterly, you know, slightly, you know, feral and insane because, mm-hmm. well, who cares? This is now, you know, Wonderland is now completely different, a different land than what you remember, Alice. It's not necessarily the kind of weird quizzical area. It is now just what it is. And it was sort of cool. A to little darker. A little darker. And that was, it was for me, that was a good point to have because it was one of the few times that I felt that the stakes were kind of real. Mm-hmm. Um, because a lot of times in, in the series, I never felt that Alice was ever in complete and utter danger, except yeah. right then and there when it's like this giant cat-like figure, the Cheshire Cat, who is normally just a playfully weird, you know, kind of quizzical character. Mm-hmm. It just comes out, and I'm a, I'm a giant cat, and look, you're a mouse, and I'm going to eat you. And it's like, you know, hey, it's good to see you, friend. Like, I'm not your friend. Like, I, this I, is I, a I, different I, land, baby. 
I really like the line, uh, you wouldn't eat your friend, would you, in the Cheshire, Cheshire Cat? Certainly not without pepper. Exactly. Oh. It was such a great line. I loved it. I could say I, you know, like, I, 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 Oh, go ahead, Emery. No, I was just going to say, like, how he was saying that, you know, it was different and darker and all that. Again, that brings, sorry to go back to it, but that brings it back to the time scale because we know she was gone for a year. Mm-hmm. because they said she was in the asylum for a year. And then, I don't know, I don't feel like their world would have changed that much. He made yeah. it sound like she'd been gone for like five years. Mm-hmm. Anyway, sorry, just bringing it back. I, one one thing I wanted to point out about the Cheshire Cat, too, was just it, it, the the one complaint I had was the, the perspective shots from his perspective felt really weird. I think just because I've always considered that character as a supernatural, almost higher power or a impish uh, like Puck from Midsummer Night's Dream or Mr. Mixius Pitalik from <laughs> Superman or the Great Gazoo from the Flintstones. I like how you bring in Superman in this podcast already, Bill. <laughs> I have to. I have to when I can. But, uh, you know, so I always considered him kind of a higher power, kind of above us. And the choice to show us his perspective kind of made made him feel maybe a little more ordinary than I've always seen him. But that that was my one complaint about the uh, how they handled him. But I really loved him, and I can't wait to see him re-enlarge and uh, come back. Because right now he's just a little kitten. Just I would, a, love, a I would, love, kitten. I would love for him to come in the se- – like, I kind of want to have him come back, but there's a part of me that wants him to, to almost resort back to that role of being the uh, impish puck-like character again. If for nothing more to hear Keith David kind of be a bit more – Yeah, because again, Keith David's such a damn good voice actor, and I would love to hear him be given just some weird, peculiar lines to say and, and, and just you know lead us through that whole maze of Wonderland again. Well, the the knave of hearts kind of dumped a bucket of water on the kitty, so you know that always that always gets the fight out of them. I know. But uh, Amory, you ha- actually you had something about the knave of hearts. The knave of hearts. Okay, um, I'm sort of confused about him because the knave of hearts is supposed to be basically the Red Queen's right hand man, mm-hmm. and him and Alice are so very close, like they have a brother sister relationship. And I don't know if that's because she helped him get his heart back, which I'm sure has part yeah, to that do with was it. But how did, like, I can't wait to see how that all plays out and how he yeah. seemed to be on the opposite side of the Red Queen. Well, there there has been a Knave of Hearts in the main series, too, hasn't it, you said? Yes, and that's why I was so confused. So, so is, is Knave of Hearts, is it is it a, a solid individual person or is it kind of an honorary a title that gets passed between i think it's a title yeah i would assume so the um nape of hearts in uh the regular season is definitely a different gentleman definitely different age and everything so i don't know i'm just i'm confused as to what that whole is going to be. Yeah, I really loved uh, the actor who played the knave. Oh, he's fantastic. Uh, Michael, Michael Socha or Soka. I can't remember. I how have no idea it. how you pronounce it. No. But he, he played the werewolf uh, or the second werewolf in Being Human uh, the last couple seasons. And he was always really great in that. He was always one of my favorite characters. And he plays a completely different kind of character here. Uh, the character he had in Being Human was almost a. Uh, childlike and he had he had been raised uh you know on the run with his dad and stuff like that and he was 
I, you know, uh, to bring back the word that uh, was used earlier, he was feral because, you know, he was a <laughs> werewolf. Uh, but uh, th- this guy, uh, you know, the knave he's playing now is kind of kind of street smart, kind of has a little attitude and is very intelligent, which his character on being human was not. <laughs> uh, so, so it's kind of cool to see, uh, you know, the actor kind of stretch his range. I mean, they're actors. That's what they do, right? They play. Well, that's what one people. hopes they do. <laughs> yeah. Yes. But uh, I, I, I was really impressed with the job he did on it. But I also yeah I'm, I'm kind of interested to see what the relationship is there and uh especially uh her helping him get his heart back but yeah, i like, i'd, I'd assume we're gonna see that down the line i'm really curious as to why he decided to leave wonderland when he did i mean it's only because if you if you put the idea of time in perspective um if they're if you know assuming that alice is in a victorian era of our timeline Mm-hmm. The knave definitely jumped a couple of centuries ahead, if not if not at least a couple decades ahead to about, you know, 2013. And I'm really curious as to how that plays in, just because he knows things of my of our timeline, our world, our, our, our you know, areas. I'd love to see how, you know, why it is he left. And more importantly, you know, why does it, you know, what's, you know, for you know, the whole brother and sister thing, why is he risking it all to come back? Like, who does he owe something to? And what is his, you know, what's his ultimate wish? And, you know, there's a lot of and, questions and what, I have as a character. What did he do to deserve, uh, this, the stigma that surrounds him, uh, yeah, that he wanted. exactly, exactly. I'm saying. Cause he, he basically came out and said in this episode that, yeah, whatever he did that, yeah, he probably deserves not to be allowed back in Wonderland. He probably deserves, uh, you know, to be Excellent. in jail or whatever. Yeah. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see for sure. I'm I'm sure that'll be dealt with ad nauseum by a flashback. And oh, I'm sure. Else, though. The land of the flashback. <laughs> and uh, while while we're talking, uh, you know, about Wonderland proper, how how do you think the Red Queen ties in with Cora, who uh, we saw as the Queen of Hearts earlier? Do you think uh, Do you think there was a a, a throwdown between um, them? There was a throwdown. There was most definitely a throwdown. Knowing anything about Korra, you know there's a throwdown. And I don't know. I don't feel the Red Queen is that strong. Do Do we know if Rose McGowan, who plays a uh, young Korra on the main show, do you know if do we know if she's going to show up in this series or in but, the proper series this season? I don't know. I can look at that. I I, I almost want to say I heard she was going to be back. It would make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but I. Sorry, IMDb. Um, <laughs> but it wasn't her that was pushed through. This is true, but she can change her appearance. She and, can change her appearance. You know, She's if you were, if you were blonde, trying to though. become the queen of a, of a new land, wouldn't you want to appear young and uh, virile and able to lead for a long, long time? You would. You would. I'm kind of justifying because I realize you completely blew my argument out of the water. <laughs> I'm just trying to save it. I know. But the thing is, there's always that chance because of flashbacks that Rose McGowan will be back. This is true. This is we true. like, but it doesn't look positive. Yeah, but okay, let's go ahead and uh, wrap it up here with your last point. Amber. Oh, my last point. Okay, I thoroughly enjoyed this switch in Alice when she went from weak, just let me forget it all, to um, bad A Alice. Bad A Alice. Bad A Alice, just like Snow tends to do. Yeah. Um. And just started taking dudes out. <laughs> like, that was fantastic. And, like, yeah, I, just I know. at the possibility of that he's alive with true love and the true love thing. I don't know. I like the strength and I like her kicking butt. I mean, I, I know. Did, I did, I know. T- oh, sorry. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I'll say I did too, but it, it kind of felt a little fast. Like, I kind of, 
not because I didn't mind weak Alice. I wasn't even that. It just was like, man, this is like a very quick 180 shot. Like, and I, I, maybe it's, it was the fact that she saw what she saw, but it just felt a little too, like, it almost felt like the knave kind of came in and she was like, no, I don't want to believe. And then it became real. And then that's when she flipped. It was just sort of weird as to, as to how fast she flipped, you know? Well, right. I, I, I mean, yeah, they, there are all sorts of stories like that where there's like an old martial arts legend who's retired to the mountains and I guess that's a good someone Maybe. shows up and, and makes him have to, you know, show we, show what he can do. <laughs> and uh, he goes from being an old, old decrepit, wrinkled, like curled up old man to being, you know, hardcore martial arts. I guess guy. that's why I don't remember Alice going through jujitsu training in, in, <laughs> in Lewis Carroll's story. Maybe that's what, what, what weirded me out. I was I was okay with it don't get it wrong i love i love once once it got to action proper i was like fine finally something interesting to watch it's all in the um, jabberwocky poem man you just got to read between the lines i knew it i always knew that i knew <laughs> i knew Liz carroll would get me in the end okay uh one thing i wanted to mention before we wrap up here who do you think left the pendant there for alice do you think that was J- jafar the white rabbit or was was cyrus able to kind of transport it there somehow because the last time we saw it he had it on he had it on, but then he was, you Captured know, knocked Jafar, out and taken yes. by Jafar, mm-hmm. who's working with the Red Queen, but is who is working? controlling the White Rabbit. But is he working with her anymore? Yes. I See, I kind of thought they, they kind of decided, okay, we're both going to play at this from our side of the board and may the best man win kind of thing when they had their scene together. The way I understood it was that if, in all intents and purposes, Jafar is controlling everything mm. and will essentially use uh, the Red Queen as long as he needs to. After after she has pretty much done her usefulness, mm. you know, a snap of the neck and <laughs> no more. And then and, and he could care less because that's the kind of villain he is. It was very apparent as she was as he was joking, like that she had to come up with something to save her life. And it was essentially like, you don't know Wonderland at all. It's like, okay, you're right. But once I've learned this land Bye bye, and, and and no no qualm, no nothing, because it was a, it was like an instant turn, and so I'd have to imagine that Jafar is the one kind of setting, you know, watching the chessboard set up and and watching it, you know, looking at it like like you would a game of you know a game of chess and watching all the pieces come together, and that pretty much everybody is a pawn to him. So I'd imagine that probably the rabbit left it there. But I think it, it was the rabbit, but it wasn't necessarily the rabbit left it there as as a sign of hope. It was more of the rabbit left it there because somebody else is controlling the pieces, all of them. You know, whether it be that the Red Queen told him, and then the Red Queen was, you know, someone someone else is in in power. It's very apparent. You know, yeah. who's the alpha and who's the betas. You know, one th- one more thing I wanted to mention: the Red Queen. You know who she really reminded me of? Somebody with too much Botox. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Rose sorry. McGowan. It's no, been... I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, she re- actually she reminded me of the mom from Mary Poppins a little bit. Really? Yeah, like uh, yes. you, you you might not remember it, but go back and look, and you'll see it. You'll definitely. Right. Oh yeah, see I'll it. Have to go back and watch Mary Poppins if we confirm that. <laughs> but okay, so uh, Roberto, one thing we do at the end of every episode is I come up with some sort of arbitrary scale for us to determine how much we like the episode. This week, it's Wish Crystals. Yay, okay. Crystals, which out I can't out of, didn't bring up until just now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, out of 17 Wish Crystals, Anne-Marie, how many Wish Crystals would you give this episode? 12. 12? Why? Um, it was good, but I don't feel that it was where it could be. Mm-hmm. Just knowing what I know of the 
original season yeah. or series. Um, there's plenty of room to grow, but there were good things about it. So, 12. Okay, uh, Roberto, uh, out of 17 Wish Crystals, how many w- Wish Crystals would you give this episode? I'm going to go with 10. 10? 10. Why? Well, as a newcomer to the series, I have no pre, you know, I'm not bringing any baggage in from the series. I'm not saying it's a bad thing or a good thing. I just, I'm coming in as a, as a newcomer to it. And though it did get dark at times, I kind of wish it got a little darker. Um, I really wish there was a character that was sort of, you know, the representation of the audience, the character that has no idea what's going on and kind of gets dragged into Wonderland. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it's, I like those kind of stories. Maybe I, I dig it where you have a stranger in strange land stories. But it, though, yes, it's Alice in Wonderland. A lot of people know the the whole tale of it. It really took a lot of liberties in kind of explaining itself and sort of assumed that you knew everything, every almost a little bit of Lewis Carroll's story. Mm-hmm. But the big issue I had with it was just I wish that there had been a character for the audience to sort of latch on to. Because yeah. e- even though the knave, yes, is aware of our t- my time and, and can make those kind of funny jokes and references – that's not enough. It needs to be someone that has no idea where they're in. Like someone mm-hmm. that would say, why would they make a, a you know, like, because essentially Nathan's only in Wonderland would they have a dessert r- river. There needs to be somebody that says, why would they make a dessert river here? What the hell am I, you know, what kind of world am I in? And sort of be very <laughs> that. Because, right. you know, when we got there, it was cool. And like I said, when it got dark, it was very interesting. When it got the action was revved up, it was even more interesting. But I wish there had been more of just, Hey, the audience is still here. That's confused. Could you, you know, make sure someone's in there confused as, as much as we are? Yeah, right. and, it, and that's one thing we really didn't even know until we saw the episode was we didn't know what 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 their kind of uh, what the creators and the the people behind the shows kind of end game was with this spinoff. Whether it was meant to bring new people into once or to supplement the one stuff that was already going on. And I, 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 I think after seeing the episode, after hearing what you had to say, I, I think I can definitely say that it's they really intended it more to supplement uh, what was going on or to tell a cool side story within that universe. But they, I think they basically assumed you were going to be familiar with the universe. Yeah. A, a, a little bit. I, I mean, I think, I think it was open enough to where – I mean, obviously, uh, you made sense of it and everything. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, it really seems like they, they, they were uh, assuming you were kind of familiar with uh, the Once universe. So, I will say this. I probably will continue with, with Wonderland, but I'm definitely going to go b- back and watch Once Upon a Time because that sounds – a lot more interesting than Once Upon a Time Wonderland was, and it sounds a lot more up my alley as a show. Oh, that's cool. And you know what? Honestly, uh, because I know you have a microphone, and I like, I know you like recording <laughs> yourself talk. If, if, if uh, <laughs> you know, every time you get through one or five or ten episodes or something, if you want to sit down and you know sit, record a quick MP3 and send it over to us, let us know how you're how you're liking the series. Sure, if you walk totally. through it. We, we'd we'd play that anytime you sent one. Sure, yep. totally. I will. I will put that on my to-do list. We Excellent. like voicemails. <laughs> okay, so I, I guess I have to. I have to rate yes. it too, right? How many okay. uh, wish crystals uh, are you thir- giving it? Thirteen point seven five. Wow, wish crystals. Higher than me. I didn't know. We, I didn't know we, we could use only seventy-five percent of a wish. Oh, you, the things you can do. <laughs> you can definitely split my arbitrary scale, no problem. But uh, like Emory said, I, I, I did I did like it. Uh, it does have room to grow. I think a lot of that kind of like hodgepodgey kind of feeling was because they shot a short uh, pilot, you know, a 20 right. or 30 minute pilot. And then, <laughs> oh, now we have to make a 45 minute episode to justify it while we're trying to plan out the rest of the season. I think there's definitely going to be a completely different vibe next week. And uh, from here on out, 
Uh, so ho- hopefully that'll tighten up and, you know, we can give 17 witch crystals or whatever nonsense I come up with It will not be witch week. crystals again. There is never a repeat. Never a repeat never uh, on the arbitrary scale. But uh, overall, very good. Okay, uh, so uh, this week, uh, as every week, uh, for you, the listeners of Greetings from Storybook Podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. Uh, we want to thank Audible, uh, as we do every week, for sponsoring this week's episode of Greetings from Storybook slash Wonderland depending on the feed. Um, but it, it's great. You know, uh, it, all sorts of devices uh, will play these audiobooks. You can play them on your iPhone, your Android device. You can play them on your computer. You can probably play them on a digital watch from 1987. Totally. Uh, I, you know, they, they've been around forever, actually. So they support a lot of those older devices, which is really nice. And it's real simple. You know, you just you download the audiobook, you pop it in. You, you can do like I do and play it at 1.5 speed so you can listen to stuff faster. And, uh, you, you know, you you can go and you uh, work out, jog, walk the dog, paint the house, uh, jump through a rabbit hole into a mystical, magical wonderland, perhaps. Perhaps. Uh, but, <laughs> perhaps. but we do like to, uh, you know, give you a few recommendations to get started with your th- 30-day free trial. I picked uh, John Lithgow, as we mentioned, voiced uh, the White Rabbit in this episode, and I saw very uh, coincidentally enough. He does a narrated version of Oh, the Places You'll Go by Dr. Seuss, which is very... I think I'm to pick this up now, because I didn't even realize he did a narration of that. Oh, yeah, and it's very fitting with the character he's playing in Wonderland, too, because, you know, Oh, the Places You'll Go, the guy who can uh, produce rabbit holes out of anywhere. So, yeah, (laughs) uh, you can definitely pick... Oh, by the way, all these will be in our show notes at greetingsfromstorybrook.com. And uh, Amory had a recommendation, too. I'm going to recommend the classic Alice in Wonderland by Lewis Carroll and narrated by Sally Field because I just thoroughly enjoy her voice. Didn't you recommend one of hers last week? I did. In fact, did it was uh, her her reading Alice in Wonderland. By- no, it wasn't. <laughs> yes, it was, but that's okay. I don't no, really like block it. you out that much. I'm it's- so sorry. Well, I'm re-recommending it, gosh darn it, because it's she's that just good. that good. It's that good. Okay, and uh, our guest actually has, has a recommendation, too. Yeah, as it turns out, I use Audible all the time, and <laughs> though I am not, like, it's funny when Bill said, hey, do you have a recommendation? I go, yeah, totally. And I'm looking, all yours are all actually thematically appropriate, and mine is the total oddball of the mix uh, that's totally fine we don't always go thematic well because it was the quickest thing i could think of and it's uh it's maybe it tells tells you kind of where i come from in terms of a dark twist of things the book i'm recommending is uh craig ferguson's american on purpose actually narrated by himself uh it almost tells a sort of weird story of him and how he came to be where he is now and it's one of those interestingly patriotic and actually moving stories um, and, and how, it, how his life is, cause he had a messed up life. Um, you know, he was an alcoholic at times, took a whole lot of drugs. I guess the drugs work out because, you know, anyone that could write something like Alice in Wonderland definitely had to be on mm-hmm. something. Definitely. Although I think, although I think they, I think Lewis Carroll swears up and down that he, when he was alive, that he wasn't on anything. And I completely <laughs> doubt it because there are just some things like the Jabberwocky alone that should be enough to say you're on something. So I'd say American on Purpose by Craig <laughs> Ferguson, if I have to recommend anything right now. Excellent. Excellent. Well, uh, to download your free audiobook today, you can go to audibletrial.com slash storybrook. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash storybrook for your free audiobook. And we want to thank audible.com again uh, very much 
for sponsoring the podcast. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, Audible. And apparently everyone needs to download Alice in Wonderland because we've now both recommended it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, and now on to the news. News. Okay, first, in that something else we do every week. What is that now? Just a lot of something else that you do every week. We do. Like I said, we have a lot of cruft. Before the show started, we have a lot of cruft built up, a lot of, you know, ceremony and Thing, so should I have brought a dagger with me or something like that? Uh, you a, a dagger plays dagger. into the main series. <laughs> that would be appropriate. <laughs> oh god damn. <laughs> Okay, uh, first up, we're going to do ratings real quick. Uh, This is from wetpaint.com. Okay, I'm just going to read what they had to say. In comparison to the Mothership show, Once Upon a Time, and their big debut in October 2011, uh, which was a 4.0 that uh, covered the 18 to 49 demo with nearly 13 million viewers, Wonderland only garnered a 1.7 in the demo and uh, 5.7 million viewers, so about half. Uh, But they were also up against Vampire Diaries, The Big Bang Theory, X Factor, and NBC Thursday Night. So, what's an NBC's Thursday Night lineup though? That, that I don't know. I don't know. Hold on, to the internet. It's, uh, it, it's Community reruns and Whitney. I think because I, I always I say it's because The Big Bang Theory is is I mean it, it, that's a pretty established show, right. and I imagine if someone missed an episode or two, they wouldn't care. And and of and again, maybe this is coming from from the the, the really really geeky perspective. I've always heard The Big Bang Theory from geeks they either love it or really 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 hate it um, I, i'm personally in the hate it column <laughs> I, I, I like I, it I, i'm kind of in the hate it column too but that's because i'm not a big fan of, of laugh tracks but that's neither here nor there i'm is it surprising that this it was parks wait it was parks and rec mm-hmm. and then 8 30 it says something called welcome to the family i'm unfamiliar that's yeah. okay no the only reason i ask is because it sounds like Once Upon a Time definitely had had a big enough push that they could have gotten a good chunk more audience on their spinoff series just on the name alone. But it sounds like they didn't get, get all the kind of viewers they expected well, to get. Which it's, actually surprises me because they did like five times the amount of promotion mm-hmm. for Wonderland that they did for once this season. Yeah, it, it, see, it seems like really uh, the, the once community in general was kind of split on it. Like yeah. a, a lot of people were saying they were, uh, you know, they were going to wait around and give it two or three episodes to get out there before they caught up to see if it was worth watching. And uh, the thing is, this also doesn't uh, necessarily include DVR numbers, which we know from once upon a times premiere a couple weeks ago were huge. Adam Horowitz even tweeted out that they that made the that made their that made their numbers number for them. Yeah, that yeah, made okay. their numbers for them. Was the DVR numbers since they're including those now? Which and you know this is broadcast, perfect. so. Okay, so just purely broadcast does not include any any DV. Okay, that makes yeah. a lot of sense then. Yeah, so uh, we'll we'll see how the DVR numbers were, and y- who knows? Uh, you know, maybe a, a couple more weeks, uh, get some good word of mouth. Uh, ho- hopefully, those numbers will come up a little bit too. Yeah. Well, yeah, because I mean, it, it it did start off a little weak, but I'm curious as to how how certain things tie up and how certain things pro- progress for sure. Um, well, we, and- we we never checked back in on you with this, but you, you, your answer went from maybe to yes to you're going to watch one more episode, right? I'll watch one more episode yeah. for sure. I'll definitely Plus- give it one one more shot, uh, mm-hmm. if for nothing more than to see how if if they've changed if they've resolved the issues I had with the first episodes. Is now that I know it was a pilot essentially that they had to extend, that answers a lot of questions as to why certain things weren't 
done. Perfect. Plus, you might perfect, watch some more of the main series and get a little bit more I'm into da- Yeah, that for sure. I'm definitely going to go back and watch Once Upon a Time. That's and, that's a given. You know what, honestly, I, I know you work with computers and your day job and everything, and uh, it's the perfect thing to throw on in the background if you're if you're just looking for for you know something to kind of pay three quarters of attention to. Because if you miss something important, you can always go back, but you can get the main gist of it just by you know listening to it and glancing over. <laughs> at oh, yeah, it like I said, a lot of the time. Definitely Sometimes not so much. It, it, right. it seems like a weird. It seems like a weird enough series in terms of its execution. Just from you guys saying how it begins sounds right up my alley in terms of mm-hmm. of playing with time and playing with anachronistic kind of things. I, you know, in, in weird kind of ways, specifically dealing with well, what if the fantasy world is in our in our world and how do we handle that? Like I I dig that enough and it seems right up my alley in terms of a fantasy and and sort of storytelling in that regard. Excellent. Okay, uh, and we also hear in the news, uh, we won't go into it too much because it's kind of, uh, a lot of the scenes were from the big trailer uh, before they even premiered, but the the preview they have out right now is basically, it's just, it's more of a season overview preview, and there's nothing really all that revealing. Uh, They basically outright state some of the plot points that we learned from this episode, but that's about it. Uh, But the link will be up in our show notes. If you want to see it again, you can get those at greetingsfromstorybrook.com. And uh, we're going to try and uh, because, you know, uh, when we decided to do this, I was like, okay, that's fine. Yeah, we can keep it as a real short episode. We're already over an hour. (laughs) (laughs) We've already we're already over any of our regular uh, once upon a time episodes. (laughs) An hour length is is the standard for for my podcast. Maybe that's what my brain goes to. Yeah, we we usually go fifty minutes to about 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 an hour is the max we do. We're over that. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, okay, uh, let's see here. Um, We we're gonna do uh, some quickly listener feedback. I had to truncate some of the stuff here. I apologies in advance. If you want to write into us, uh, you know, say after the episode airs, or if you want to write into us about the regular Once Upon Time, time Once Upon a Time series, totally fine. Uh, our email is greetingsfromstorybrook at gmail dot com. Just, just breathe in. We, we are not running late. We're late. Speed. We're late for a very important date. No time to say hello, goodbye. We're late. We're late. We're late. Greetings from Storybrook at gmail dot com is the email address. <laughs> at GF Storybrook is the Twitter. Facebook.com slash greetings from Storybrook is the Facebook and the voicemail is not here. So <laughs> I can get the voicemail. I don't I think it got deleted when we moved docs. Darn okay, it. Well, I'm going to start reading. And the, the voicemail is 424-274-2352. 424-274-2352. If you write in a voice or if you write in a voicemail, <laughs> you're very talented. If you call in a voicemail, it will be read. If you give a mouse a mouse a cookie. (laughs) All right, we've gone crazy. Let me read this first feedback. This is what happens when we go long. Exactly. All right. Hey, Bill and Anne-Marie. I think Once Upon a Time in Wonderland is off to a great start. It was nice to see Ashley again with Grumpy. Sounds like Granny has a customer of the week slash month plaque. The name slash Will is quite the interesting character, and I have a feeling that we'll we'll be getting more backstory on him and how exactly he lost his heart and Alice having to save it and get it back for him. I've also kind of got a theory floating around about Cyrus. I'm wondering if he's not actually Aladdin and the genie from the main show gave him some of his powers to protect himself, kind of a la Dread Pirate Roberts from the Princess Bride. I really like that. Isn't it fun? Yeah. Um, I'll wrap it up here, but I'm looking forward to next week's episode. Looking forward to hearing everyone's thoughts on this episode. Holly. 
Uh, thank you for writing in, Holly. And yeah, that's a really interesting theory because I, I thought it was really weird that Jaf- it seemed like Jafar and the genie Cyrus were going to be kind of like it dunderheads or whatever. But if if the genie, quote unquote, is actually Aladdin, that would make a lot of sense. Although I think he did say a bit in this episode about how he had always been, you know, tied down to the lamp and everything. Yes. But no, you know, who knows what kind of amount of time might have happened between the original story and her running into him in Wonderland, too. I just like right. the idea of referencing Dread Pirate Roberts from Princess Bride. <laughs> Can't go wrong with a Princess Bride reference. Eva. Eva. Okay, well, thank you very much, Holly. And uh, we have one more letter here from Wynn, who will be our guest next weekend. Uh, Ooh, finally, it's only taken us over a year. I know. Uh, when uh, for, for uh, anyone who doesn't know, is one of our our biggest fans on the show. She writes in it, totally all the time. She offered, she gave up uh, the iTunes gift card uh, for a contest uh, last week. So uh, thank you for writing in, Win. And we're not going to read your letter. No, I'm kidding. I'm totally going to read it right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she says, even though I just wanted to fast forward through all the true love mush, I did like the premiere. The knave is an interesting character, and I have a lot of questions about him. What were his crimes? But more importantly, why did the where, why did the rabbit come for him? Certainly, the rabbit could have dug a hole into the asylum and fetched Alice directly. The only reason I can see for the white rabbit collecting the knave is that the queen wanted to catch him as well. But there's nothing in the show yet that indicates this. Also, hands up who thinks the knave only came back because he discovered the witches he stole wouldn't work for him. Hands up, hands up. (laughs) Yeah. Which which I I, I do. I like that because it it added a little bit more humanizing aspect to him, especially that kind of character because I'm like – yeah, why didn't he just steal the wish? Oh, there we go. Finally, good. Because I and that was, I was glad they figured out a way to to still keep him in the series. But See, I had that it, same thought in, until until it turned out that Jafar was kind of looking for them too. I thought the wishes were fake out by Alice to get him to help her. Oh. But if Jafar wants them, obviously they have power. Right. So, uh, we'll see. But thank you very much for writing, writing, uh, <laughs> writing. And when obviously we've gone on too long, I can't talk. anymore. <laughs> but again, if you want to write us in, uh, write into us next week or call in greetings from storybrook at gmail.com is the email four two four two seven four two three five two is the voicemail, which we prefer and guarantees you a spot on the show. Uh, we have we had a lot of Twitter response uh, after the episode. We're not going to read any of it because we've taken way too long. Roberto, where can people find you? <laughs> Of course, if you want to try to find me and, and yell at me for all the silly things I've said and, and all the terrible <laughs> things. Do it. They will. Of course. You can hit me. I'm at Vincent404 on the Twitter. I will take any comments and criticism. And if you happen to like any of those kind of weird, geeky things I tend to talk about and sort of the candor of my voice and you want to hear more of it, just go to my website, Cosmere.tv, and check out my podcast, 8-Bit Life there, and you'll get to hear all the weird, quirky things I tend to talk about and with a little bit more cursing as well. And uh, Anne-Marie, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at AMDSimone. Okay, and uh, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at Bill Meeks. Uh, surprise, surprise. And uh, you, like I said, you can get show notes, episodes. We put up a lot of blog posts, letters, things like that at greetingsfromstorybrook.com. Well, I guess that's about it for our longest short be, episode we're going crazy. <laughs> ever. <laughs> But uh, okay, so I guess until well Monday. Uh, greetings, greetings from, from Wonderland. Story. That was horrible. Can we Land. do that again? Okay. <laughs>